What's the best way to spend your two extra picks in FFPC slim best ball drafts this season? Which AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals will be bust this year? And where do you draft Calvin Ridley in the never-too-early best ball tournament right now with the FFPC? Plus, the 2021 FFPC Best Ball Tournament $100,000 grand prize winner Connor O'Driscoll joins me to talk about what 2021 taught him, what mistakes he sees best ball drafters making, and much more. Then, we welcome back FFPC co-founder Alex Kaganowski as the prognosticator himself walks you through how to bet props in the big game on Sunday. We've got a great show for you. Connor O'Driscoll and Alex Kaganowski are here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you so much, Rob, and thank you to the Quiet Hollers. Remember to check out their music at quiethollers.com. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. If you're not aware, Farrell has a big Super Bowl weekend party that he is throwing in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. So he is actually off this evening, but he will return next Friday along with our extra special big-time winner in 2021 in the FFPC. I'll let you know who that is coming up at the end of the program tonight. Uh, Coming up on tonight's show, the inaugural FFPC Best Ball Tournament $100,000 champ, Connor O'Driscoll and I will discuss which player on his championship roster he nearly didn't draft, which first-round Minnesota Viking is the better choice in the 2022 never-too-early best ball tournament, and much more. The prognosticator, Alex Kaganowski, will then hop aboard to tell us what Super Bowl props he's betting and what Super Bowl props he's staying away from. Shout-out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you all might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Um, you can always uh, follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore FFPC. And, of course, Connor O'Driscoll on Twitter is at Drico out. That's D-R-I-C-O-O-U-T. Uh, you can always learn more about Farrell Elliott's, uh, Farrell Elliott's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Um, and uh, spots open this weekend and uh, going forward in about the next week or so with all the Super Sunday competition uh, drafts that are going, or competitive drafts that are going on with the KFFSC. Register for those at kffsc.com. 
Um, you can post on the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash hsffbauer. And if you want to call us tonight, uh, please do so. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have any questions for us. Get them into us now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails uh, coming up throughout the program tonight. I want to give a shout-out to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and our producer, and mutual friend, Rob. All right. Um, I don't know if you saw the big announcement this week, but huge news in the FFPC, maybe our biggest announcement ever um, in, in our 14, 15-year history, whatever it's been now. The 2022 FFPC main event, first place, it's a million bucks. You can win $1 million playing season-long fantasy football with the FFPC this year in the main event. $1 million is the grand prize, a prize pool of almost $6 million. Remember to get in on that early bird discount. Um, save $100 off your first team by May 31st, and, uh, of course, $500 off each additional team beyond that. The inaugural Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament is going on right now, myffpc.com. So check that out as well, $25,000 grand prize drafts going through April 28th. There are dozens of Dynasty Orphans also available. All you need to do is go to myffpc.com slash dynasty for sale, and you can check those out right there. Plenty of slow line, sit-and-go, best ball options, all, you guessed it, at myffpc.com. And like I said, the KFFSC uh, Super Sunday Championship Leagues are indeed opening at kffsc.com. I think all the, um, I think I mentioned this last week, all the big paybacks are sold out for all the drafts going on uh, tomorrow, uh, which is Friday, uh, Saturday, and as well as game day Sunday, uh, the day of the Pro Football Championship, the day of the Super Bowl. Um, and I will be participating in the um, Super Sunday Championship on February 20th. I believe that league is roughly half full. That is an online draft. You don't have to be in Louisville or anywhere to draft that one. You can just draft that right at KFFSC. It is uh, going to be an exciting show tonight with a couple of guests, with Connor O'Driscoll coming up in just a minute here. And we'll also have, uh, of course, Alex Kaganowski talking Super Bowl props, always one of the most enjoyable uh, programs that we have, most enjoyable episodes we have each and every year here. Um, going to be exciting stuff there. Uh, when we get to find out what the prognosticator is betting on this year. Um, shout out to the uh, chat room right now. Um, and actually uh, a shout out from the chat room right now, beg your pardon, from Hudson Kern Reed, the wasp guy. Um, he wants to know, should Najee Harris be the second running back off the board in FFPC drafts in 2022? Well, here's what I can tell you right now. Uh, Hudson Kern Reed, first of all, thanks for listening. Thanks for the question. Um, and, uh, I, I can tell you what the FFPC owners, uh, FFPC uh, best ball um, uh, players are doing right now in the never-too-early best ball tournament. Uh, they are not going with Najee Harris as the number two running back off the board. The reason I know this is because of FantasyMojo.com's great website. That's Darren Armani. You can follow him on Twitter at FantasyMojo. All the ADP data uh, we get strictly from that website for this program. So uh, thank you to Darren Armani for that. Um, I want to bring up the top five running backs going right now in the, uh, in the FFPC um, uh, never-too-early best ball tournament. Remember, this is a – I mean, I guess it doesn't affect the ADP a whole lot. It is a, it is a slim draft, um, but here's what we're looking at for the top five running backs off the board. Um, the first one, no surprise, 
Um, it is Jonathan Taylor at the 101, not only the first running back off the board, um, but the, uh, the first player off the board uh, in this draft or in these drafts on average. A little bit of a surprise here. The, um, the number two running back, it's Christian McCaffrey. And I, I think it's a little surprising to see him go. We, we talked about this before the FFPC draft started this season. We said, you know, where is McCaffrey going to tumble to be a second-round pick? And I think most of the high-stakes players we've talked to on this show um, still expected him to go in the first round, but not 102. My goodness, 102, second player off the board, uh, second running back off the board. It, it's, it's a little crazy. I don't know if I would be taking a risk. Just, just look at it this way, people. Christian McCaffrey. To Cooper Cups to 103. You tell me who you'd rather have in 2022. McCaffrey, guy who maybe is playing for a lame duck, uh, lame duck head coach um, who just fired their offense coordinator, or Cooper Cup, who is the foundation, the focus on the center of the NFC Championship Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I think I'd rather have Cup. So that's a little bit interesting there. Um, after that, after Cup goes to 103, then you're looking at Austin Eckler as the third running back off the board. Um, at the uh, 104, then you get the second receiver, Jamar Chase, and then a couple more running backs here. Derrick Henry um, ascending all the way up on average again at the 106, and then you get Kern's guy, Najee Harris, at the 107, fifth running back off the board right in front of Travis Kelsey. Um, Najee Harris is going to be an interesting guy this year because um, you have a situation of a new quarterback, coming in um the the coaching staff the the offensive coordinator should stay the same this year so that's a feather in his cap um the offensive line needs to be better i mean how many times were we watching the pittsburgh steelers on a prime time game last year um and we just see Najee harris slamming in to the backs of his offensive linemen um that so and and certainly um that needs to be better next year on the bright side his pass catching was awesome and they, uh, the, the Steelers obviously had a penchant to, to throw to him quite a bit, too. Um, so I, I think that um, as they usher in a new quarterback, if it is not a veteran, um, if it's a veteran quarterback, let's say it's somebody like Russell Wilson, you know, somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, whatever, comes to Pittsburgh, some sort of upgrade over Mason Rudolph. Well, then, yeah, I think you can, you can bump uh, Chase Claypool up a little bit, um, you know, um, maybe a Schuster to a certain degree if he still is in Pittsburgh. Um, but then the question, and this is what's fascinating to me, you know, part of the reason that Najee Harris, at least from the passing game standpoint, um, Deontay Johnson and, and the rookie Pat Fryer, you know, part of the reason that those guys were so good last year was because Ben Roethlisberger's arm and his elbow uh, it was just, I mean, it was, I wouldn't say it's shot because he still, you know, got the ball downfield at times, but for the most part, it just could not consistently get the ball accurately downfield enough. Farrell Elliott, if he was here right now, he would tell you Chase Claypool is a fantastic, wonderful wide receiver. And he was the victim of a quarterback, having a quarterback throw to him last year that simply just did not have um, any of, of consistent accuracy, and that really affected him. Um, now, if the flip side, that, that's if it's better. If it's a rookie, um, you, you want to, um, you know, bring in Sam Howell or you bring in um, 
you know, uh, Malik Willis, perhaps. I, I don't know what the Steelers are going to do in the draft. Quite frankly, they have to figure out their front office, too. Um, then I don't know. I, I think then you could see maybe more of a repeat of 2021. Much easier for a rookie quarterback to come in and check down to Friday move. Check down to Najee Harris. Check down to Deontay Johnson and not pump the ball downfield to Chase Claypool and, and not um, uh, you know, pump the ball to, you know, whoever the other guys, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, whoever the, the stretch guy, um, you know, whoever that, whatever that's going to happen. Maybe then it is a return where Harris becomes a value there as much as you can have a value, um, you know, at the 107, it's, it's tough. Um, and, and I think the other thing to keep in mind here with, and Kern's pointing this out in the chat room right now, and I'll wrap us Steelers up here um, with Najee Harris. It's, you know, it's kind of a question of what would you, is the risk worth it in the mid first round? You know, if you can, if you, you know, let's say all the, the top guys are off the board, Taylor McCaffrey cup, Eckler, Chase Henry, all those guys are gone. Would you want to take a risk on, on Harris? Or does Trav- the, 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 um, the familiarity um, of Travis Kelsey, does that make more sense? Um, the, if you get a, a, um, a Justin Jefferson um, facing you at that spot, at the 107, as a third wide receiver there, would you rather take him? Tyreek Hill, you know, Joe Mixon is going to be right up there this year. In fact, we'll get into Joe Mixon a little bit later on in the show. But I think all those players there, there, there is maybe more of a warm – fuzziness to drafting um, those players um, than, um, than um, you know, Najee Harris. So I think that um, I think that's something um, that, um, that that's worth mentioning as, uh, as well. Um, we are having um, some te- technical difficulties uh, here getting uh, Connor O'Driscoll on and I'm going to work on that right now while we while we try to to get him um, aboard right now um, as we um, as we do that um, I do want to um, uh, to uh, bring up some of the stuff that's been going on around the NFL um, with uh, with uh, the um, the, the news and, and notes, uh, apologize, rambling here a little bit. Um, and the first thing I want to bring up is a player that is kind of a wild card this season. And it was a player that, um, you know, quite frankly, I, I don't know what to do with. I don't have a good answer for this right now, and that's Calvin Ridley. Uh, AtlantaFalcons.com had this story this week. Um, quotes from Arthur Blank, the owner uh, of Atlanta, said, He'd love for Calvin Ridley to remain with the team uh, this coming year. I'm going to read the quote from Blank here, the pertinent quote. We love the young man. He has a great history in Atlanta. We'd love him to stay in Atlanta. Whether or not he wants to do that, he may decide that he wants a fresh start someplace else. We don't know that. I don't know that. I don't have, uh, I, I don't have information to indicate that, but we'll see how that plays out. We've been totally supportive in every way that we can be, both emotionally and financially, and working with him as well as his agent. We'll see, but I'm mostly concerned about him as a human being. Ridley, if you remember, personal reasons kept him away from the Falcons most of the 2021 season, um, and that was according, uh, you know, because of his, of his mental well-being. 
Um, there's been some pundits out there that have said that Atlanta might look to move on from Calvin Ridley and to trade him. Um, he's going into the final year of his rookie deal. This is his fifth-year option. Um, and uh, he certainly could sign an extension with the team if he'd like. Um, but I think before signing an extension, the Falcons and Ridley need to get into, um, uh, you know, not a negotiation room, but they need to meet and they need to figure this out and figure out where his head's at and figure out whether playing football is going to be part of, of his future right now. Now, if you are drafting in the never-too-early best ball uh, tournament, with the FFPC, um, I think that uh, what's interesting here is um, you you can't you have to make a choice on that right now. You know you can't just wait to see how these things um, you know get get fixed. You have to you know you have to sort of stake your claim on Ridley now. How are you going to handle it? This is how the FFPC high stakes players have been handling it right now. Calvin Ridley. On average, in the never-too-early best ball tournament, going at 4.09 as wide receiver 18. He is going right after DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, and Mike Evans, right before Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper. And so I think that, um, you know, um, You're talking. You're, you're essentially talking about a, a fourth-round pick here. So you have three players on your roster already. The question is: is is the risk at this point worth taking Ridley in the fourth round after you already have your top three players? And I think in a competition like this, maybe it is worth it. All these drafts for the Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament they end April 28th. They end before the NFL draft starts. We don't know where any of these rookies are ending up. We don't know what kind of role they're going to have. And quite frankly, there's going to be some free agents that are out there that we don't know where they're going to end up. So I think at, at that point when you're – I mean, like risk is the name of the game with the never-too-early tournament. And, and at that point, I mean, what, what could you be looking at there? Um, what kind of a team could you have if, if you're taking Calvin Ridley at the 409? Maybe you have George Kittle in the early third. Maybe you took Nick Chubb in the late second. And, and maybe in, in, the, in the early first, you, you went with a guy like Eckler or something. You know, at that point, it's like Eckler, Chubb, Kittle, Calvin Ridley is your number one receiver. I get it. You know, Hudson Kern-Reed pointing out in the chat room right now, you draft for upside in, in, in best ball. And that's not necessarily just a never-too-early tournament. That's just in general. The lineup sets itself. And and if you're trying to win $25,000 in the never-too-early best ball tournament right now, I think that is indeed the way to go. Uh, Moving on here, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, Kyler Murray gate. Um, And this is something that Bryce actually brought up to me. I didn't even realize this was a thing um, until probably Wednesday morning. But according to AZ Central, um, Tyler Murray unfollowed the Cardinal on Instagram and Twitter. This according to AZ Central. Now, all the Cardinals-related photos on his Instagram, I don't know if he did it. I don't know if, if um, 
he he paid somebody to do it because I you know my there's not much on my Instagram but I wouldn't even want to go through the you know the hundred two hundred photos I have on there and try to you know clean that out. Um, but he deleted all the Cardinals related photos from his Instagram. Now publicly, as far as we know, he has not said anything um, that that he he is unhappy in Arizona. He wants a trade. He wants out of there. Um, maybe he's just doing like a, a social media scrub. I don't know. And, and quite frankly, he doesn't have to talk to anybody right now. So we don't know, um, what, what he's thinking. Um, if you, um, you know, want to look deeper into this, Arizona didn't exactly end the, the, the season very well. Um, it was a bad playoff loss that, that, um, that happened. I don't know. Um, and, and I think that I don't want to just poo-poo it and say this is nothing. I mean, I think it's something, but I am not, you know, my spidey sense is not tingling too much. Um, Christian Kirk, according to uh, Waskai, not according to Waskai, Waskai's po- pointing this out in the chat room right now, he said he's not re-signing with, with Arizona, and he's a free agent right now, unless Kyler Murray's there. Is this a power play? I don't know. Um, by Kyler Murray, uh, is he trying to hold the Cardinals in the house? Remember, you know, he was. I, this was probably a couple of weeks ago when he he gave some interview and he and somebody brought up baseball. You remember, he was a first round pick, I believe, by the Oakland Athletics in in baseball, and he decided to pursue a football career instead. And he had a a case of um, of um, not really slam. He had the opportunity to slam the door shut on on the whole baseball talk, and he chose not to. Um, he said, you know, it's something to the effect of, you know, keep, keep my options open. You never know, stuff like that. So already, you know, there, there had to be something there. Um, now, how are high-stakes players treating this Kyler Murray situation um, in, in the never-too-early best ball tournament? Um, he has not, in my opinion, he has not been penalized to – and I think this is a case of people not reading too much into this right now. Quarterback six is where he's going. The 5'11 is, is where he is being drafted right now. Um, end of the fifth round, he's obviously behind us as far as quarterbacks go. He's behind Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow going basically neck and neck. I mean, they're both going at the 5'11. So if you want to say Kyler Murray is the quarterback five, the quarterback six, um, uh, you know, that – that that's what um, that's what you're looking at there. Um, so, uh, and, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to communicate with uh, with with Connor right now, as we are we're having some difficulties here getting him aboard, and I'm not sure what the issue is, um, but we will do our best to try to get him uh, try to get him on. In fact, I'm going to try something right now. So just stand by one second, ladies and gentlemen. We'll try to get Connor on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, I, I do apologize uh, for uh, for the technical difficulties this evening. Again, I, I don't. This is something I've never run across before, so I'm not really sure um, what the issue is. But we are we're doing our best to get in the uh, one hundred thousand dollar. Um, FFPC best ball tournament um, champ uh, on the show tonight. Connor O'Driscoll, you follow him on uh, Twitter at Drico out. 
Um, as we uh, we try to get Connor on uh, here, I want to keep talking a, a little bit about some of the, you know, just because it's Super Bowl week doesn't mean that there's not news around the NFL. That's one of the things the NFL has been able to give us over the years is uh, people are still going out and doing things and some things that are very, very bad. I'm looking at you, Alvin Kamara. He was actually arrested in Las Vegas for battery resulting in substantial bo- uh, bodily harm. This according to the Las Vegas Police Department's uh, Twitter account. Um, the, th- this is kind of interesting. Kamara was actually arrested a few hours after the end of the Pro Bowl. However, the Las Vegas Police Department stated that the incident occurred in a nightclub on, fr- on February 5th, which was the night before the Pro Bowl. That was the day before he participated. Um, the investigation is still ongoing. Um, the, the Saints in the league, I believe, are monitoring the situation. If they're not publicly saying that, I guarantee you that they are. Um, the question here is, and this is something that, that um, Hudson Reeve um, was asking about in, in the chat uh, earlier tonight. Uh, he wants to know um, what we think of Kamara right now. Um, especially in dynasty leagues, um, and and um, you know what's what's going on with that, um, and I think uh, I think um, I I don't have a good answer to this, um, and and I'm not really sure what what to believe. I'm not really sure, um, you know, how to handle this situation with when it when it comes to. Um, you know, what you do with Kamara. I think that there's, there is plenty of reason to believe that um, when, when you have a situation of, of Alvin Kamara having um, as many miles on the tires, so to speak, as he did, I'm sure that, that a, a lot of people would think that, um, you know, they were already looking to sell him off, um, that they were already looking to to um to to you know move on to try to get younger players or draft picks um you know because they they felt like they got the best of Alvin Kamara and that this this was it you know this is all that that they were going to be able um you know this is this is this was the best time to sell him off um as far as getting the best return on him uh for dynasty and and if that's the case, then this thing probably didn't matter to you beforehand because you're already trying to move on from him. Um, I'm not really sure what the correct answer is here because he could be suspended for a year. I mean, you know, or longer. Um, especially if the video gets out. You know, the, the worst part about the Ray Rice thing uh, for Ray Rice was there was video of it. Had there not been video, um, then maybe the penalty wouldn't have been so severe. Um, and if the video does get out of Kamara, you know, again, the, the reports, of, you know, stomping or kicking a guy times or, or you know, 23 times or whatever it was, um, uh, you know, that could be a career ender. Now, I, I don't think I'd be willing, you know, it's one of those things, I don't think I'm willing to take 30 cents on the dollar for Alvin Kamara right now. I don't think I'm willing to, to take even 60 cents on the dollar. I, I think I'd want to let this play out. Um, we know the NFL has been slow moving when it, when it comes to, to this. Um, you know, in the past, and maybe nothing happens for the 2022 season. 
Um, you know, I, I, I'm reminded of the Tyreek Hill thing um, from, you know, a year or two ago, whatever it was, with the domestic stuff facing him. Think about all the people that got Tyreek Hill for basically nothing, you know, a third-round rookie pick, a fourth-round rookie pick, because people thought Tyreek Hill's career was over. And then what happened? Well, not much, you know, um, and certainly not, not much from a dynasty perspective. So, you know, when, when it comes to that, I, I think that, um, that, you know, there's a situation where the, the correct, you know, way to do this is, is simply to wait and let the process pay out. Because if you let the process play out and you don't end up selling this guy for, a, you know, 25 cents on the dollar, um, then you have um, um, a situation where this could work out perfectly for you. And then maybe the time is to, to sell him. You know, if he gets a one-game, two-game suspension and you're in a dynasty league, then maybe you make the move to sell him at that point. And if you sell him at that point, you know, then, then everything, you know, this was all, you know, all part of the plan, um, you know, and, and you get rid of them at that point. And then you're still cashing in on Alvin Kamara and you're still getting the young players or picks or what have you, but it's a roll of the dice, just like anything this time of the year. You know, there's, there's so much that is unsettled. There's so much we just won't have concrete finalized answers to until the start of the season or as we get closer to the start of the season. Alan Kamara is one of them. Um, so, I, you know, what's the answer here? I, I don't know. I don't, and I don't know if there's a correct one. If you're asking me what I would do, I would hang tight. Um, if somebody knocks your socks off with a deal, then, then maybe, yeah, you take advantage of that. But I, I think that um, at this point I would be holding, and that's how I would handle uh, the Alvin Kamara uh, situation right now. Uh, moving forward here. Um, Adam Schefter uh, reported the Dolphins. I believe he was the guy who, um, who broke the story um, uh, about uh, Mike McDaniel um, being hired as the Dolphins head coach. Uh, and uh, the Dolphins actually, a, a few minutes later, uh, after he said that Mike McDaniel would be the next head coach, um, the, the Dolphins did indeed state that uh, he would be their head coach going forward. Kellen Moore, also a finalist, the Cowboys offensive coordinator. Um, you know, I, I think it's telling that um, they wanted offensive guys um, in here. Um, you know, Brian Flores um, was a defensive guy from New England. And I, I was a little surprised to let him go. I think a lot of people were pretty surprised that he was let go. But the two guys that they ended up targeting, or, you know, the final two guys that, that made, you know, the final cut were um, Mike McDaniel and Kellen Moore, both offensive guys. You know, this is a team that invested into Jalen Waddell with significant draft capital. Uh, a team that invested in Tua Tunga-Vailoa that, that, you know, they still expect to get a lot out of him going forward. I don't know what's going to happen with Devontae Parker, but they did sign Will Fuller as well. Obviously, Mike Jasicki, a big part of their offense. So clearly, 
the Dolphins want to put up points this year. You know, they see what Josh Allen's done in Buffalo. They see what Mac Jones is, is kind of doing uh, in New England, quite frankly. Um, and then you have um, a case of, 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 of the Jets investing in Zach Wilson and, and Michael Carter and um, Elijah Moore there, too. And I don't think they want to be left behind. And they're putting an emphasis on, on the offense this year. You want to surround Tua Tungavailoa not only with good skill position players, but a really good quarterback coach uh, as well. And Mike McDaniel is a bright offensive mind. Um, you really can't find a whole lot of people that have much to negative to say about um, Mike McDaniel. And there's certainly been a ton of positive, um, you know, talk about him out there. He only had one season as an offensive coordinator with San Francisco, but according to reports, he was a crucial part of that offense and the players really respected him as, as a leader. He was their run game coordinator for the last four years. Miami was 30th in rushing uh, last year, by the way. So obviously Mike McDaniel is, is going to um, put an emphasis on making sure that uh, the run game is huge. Um, now, as we look at how this is affecting Dolphins players in, in the draft, um, I don't know if it's had much of an impact. And, and obviously this is still fresh. And Jalen Waddell, wide receiver 13 at, at the 309. Uh, Mike Gesicki, uh, you're looking at um, uh, him going as a tight end 12 at the, at the 10 one And I think those are the two big playmakers you think of um, when you think Miami, uh, at least for their offense. And I think um, when that's the case, um, Dolphins are going to bring in some more guys. Maybe there's more of an emphasis on linemen and, and a stud running back, you know, a, a three-down guy that they can bring in there, a legit one that they can bring in. Obviously, Mike McDaniel is, is known for being um, a, a talented offensive mind, um, and the best way to execute your plan is to have players who can do it. And, and I don't necessarily know if all those players are in Miami yet. Certainly, they're going to be working with, with a lot of draft picks there to help the cause there. But I think this is a step in the right direction. For the Dolphins, I think this is a step in the right direction for uh, their offense um, and, and drafting those offensive players. Totally on board with Mike Kosicki as tight end 12. You know, if you wait, if you're one of those people who likes to wait on tight ends um, in the FFPC, you can wait till guys, you know, guys who went way up the draft board this year. Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, Noah Fant, Pat Fryermuth, none of those guys. Well, maybe Fant was but I don't think any of those guys are going in the top 10 last year. They're all top 11 this year. You can get Mike Gesicki, Zach Ertz, Logan Thomas. I mean, all those guys are going in the early 10th round right now. So Gesicki makes a lot of sense. Now, Waddle, on the other hand, I'm not totally sure I'm on. Now, I, and, and this is, listen, I am, I was not a Jalen Waddle guy last year. I didn't get him in any leagues. I didn't get him in any um, dynasty leagues. I didn't get him in any um, redraft leagues. I don't think I had one share of Jalen Waddle last year. And let me tell you, I regretted it pretty much every day of the season. Wide receiver 13 right now at the 309. He's going right behind T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf, um, and then uh, right ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, uh, that, that little glut that's going sort of in the mid to late third round. Um, you know, I, you can make the case that Waddle is the most valuable name uh, out, of, out of all those uh, receivers there he's the unquestioned number one receiver for Miami that's something T Higgins can't say 
Uh, that's something DK Metcalf can't say. That's something DeAndre Hopkins, not anymore, can't say it anymore um, after what happened last season. I mean, I guess when he's healthy, he's the unquestioned number one. Um, but at that point, um, you know, I, 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 do you really want to risk DeAndre Hopkins at the end of the third round? I guess, I guess you could, depending upon what you do in the first couple rounds. But, man, you know, football is a young man's game, and, and, and I think I'd much rather have Jalen Waddell going forward here than DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and, you know, then you have the Kyler Murray thing to worry about, too. Same thing with D.K. Metcalf. You know, you got the Russell Wilson thing to, to worry about there. Um, I think Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, to me, is, is a guy that, that's always been a super safe pick, um, always seems to put up numbers. I don't know if Mike Williams is going to be back with the Chargers this coming year, but I do know that um, Josh Palmer – took a step forward last year. Um, and I think he's going to be a big part of the Chargers uh, uh, plans in, in 2022. And you can make a pretty strong case that the reason they took Josh Palmer out of Tennessee in the third round last year was because they did not to be able, they did not expect to be able to sign Mike Williams uh, this coming year. So, um, you know, Keenan Allen, I think is pretty safe. I think out of all those five guys, uh, Jalen Waddell and Keenan Allen are, are probably my two favorites out of there. Something I would not have been able to say, um, uh, this time last year. Um, all right. So listen, I, and I apologize for this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, I don't know what's going on. I've tried to troubleshoot this and for whatever reason, it does not look like we are going to be able to get, uh, either Connor O'Driscoll or Alex Kaganowski on tonight. So we will be cutting this show quick, uh, quickly here. Um, and I, I, once again, I do apologize for this and, and this is, um, a, clearly a, a blog talk radio issue. Um, hopefully we won't be on Blog Talk Radio much longer. Um, more to come on that. Um, so we will get Connor on. Um, we will get him on going forward, maybe um, probably not next week, but but maybe the week after we can get him on. And especially with best ball season, you know, a guy who wins $100,000 playing uh, in the first ever best ball tournament, we've got to pick his brain. We've got to get into some strategy with him. Uh, so we will have him on within the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, I want to, uh, to thank the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you. I want to wish a happy birthday to not only Kirk Osborne, long time FFPC player, um, we got to get on this show at some point. Um, you see him in Vegas, uh, every year is always facilitating as well. Happy birthday to Kirk Osborne, as well as football guys, co-founder, the one, the only Joe Bryant. Yeah, that's right. He's celebrating a birthday today too. So happy birthday, Joe. We will indeed be back uh, next Friday at 10-9 Central, 2021, $100,000 Football Guys Players Championship. Runner-up Jeff Volpe will be our guest. He's been on this program before, and he's going to come back next week, and uh, we'll be able to chat with him and talk about uh, how he won that six-figure grand prize in the FPC. Register for the inaugural Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, Dynasty Orphans, available at myffpc.com slash dynasty for sale. The uh, Slow Live and Cynico 12-team closed best ball drafts, also available at myffpc.com. Don't forget, million bucks in the FFPC main event this year. Jump in now. Your Super Bowl weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.
One other thing, and I um, want to make mention of this, but former guest of the show, uh, Brian Holgen, you know him on uh, Twitter as uh, Draft Addict. His uh, team names are usually Dude Platinum um, and for all his FFPC teams. Um, earlier in January, um, he actually uh, lost his wife, um, 39 years old, in a um, head-on collision car accident, um, and his uh, eight-year-old son, uh, who was also in the car, um, survived, but he, he does have some pretty serious injuries. He's out of the hospital, thankfully, and um, uh, doing much better from, from what I can see on Twitter, Brian posting updates there. Uh, so uh, just a, a shout out to, to him and his family from everybody at the HSFF Hour and the FFPC and just a special message, message too. And um, by the way, there is a scholarship fund set up uh, in memory of his wife, Sarah. And if you want to check that out, um, my FF, uh, twitter.com slash FFPC, we have it on the feed right there and you can donate to that. But, um, you know, we talk about football. We love football. We love fantasy football. We love everything that has to do with it. Um, but don't forget the most important things in life. And that's, you know, family and friends and those close to you. And, and certainly he's, he's going for, through a very, very, you know, I just can't even imagine um, how difficult the time uh, he's going through right now. Um, so if, if, if you, um, if you're on Twitter, um, you know, all those message of pos- messages of positively positivity certainly help and i would encourage you to do that and um you know all, all the best to to the whole family as they're going through this um tough time right now uh thoughts and prayers definitely with you um and and rooting for your son too brian uh that will do it for our show um this evening ladies and gentlemen we'll be back next friday enjoy the super bowl and uh thanks so much with the lucky land plus you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.